Welcome to episode two of Read Your Spotlight. Today, we'll be discussing access to aged care services with special guest Martin Jones, Aged Care Education Manager at Regis Aged Care. Regis Spotlight is a series that discusses all things aged care and all things Regis. I'm Katrina Rigby. And I'm Sam Smith. And this is Regis Spotlight. In this episode, we are exploring access to aged care services. Welcome back, Marty. Thanks, Katrina. So today, we'd like to understand how do people get access to government-funded services like home care and residential aged care? Do they just apply or can their GP offer it to them? If an individual or their family believe they require some form of assistance, the first step to access government-funded services is to call the My Aged Care Contact Centre, which is 1800 200 422. So on this call, the staff will ask the individual a series of questions about their health, uh, questions such as what support they're currently receiving, if any, how they're managing at home with the duties around the house, uh, and what are their health concerns if they have any. Right. And what if the individual has difficulty with language or maybe hard of hearing? Well, with permission, a family member or a friend could act on behalf um, of that person as their representative and speak with the staff. Translating and interpreting services are also available should there be a need. So following that discussion over the phone and based on the answers provided, the staff member may then refer the individual for an assessment. After approval, the person's details are then forwarded to the relevant assessment service, which could be one of two organisations. The first organisation is what's called the Regional Assessment Service, or RAS, which is through the Commonwealth Home Support Program, or CHSP. Uh, If the person's needs are deemed to be lower in nature and a level of support may be required just to allow them to remain independent and stay in the family home. But if the care needs are assessed at a higher level than what CHSP can assist with, a more comprehensive assessment may be arranged through what's called an Aged Care Assessment Team, or ACAT. Uh, But if they're in Victoria, it's actually referred to the Aged Care Assessment Service, or ACAS. So from here, the person will be contacted to arrange a suitable day and time for that assessment to occur. Uh, They'll then be asked if they would like a support person or family member present when the assessment occurs, which we often recommend uh, is a great idea. Right. So is there a cost for the assessment? No, it's completely free of charge. Great. And I guess it'd be good for our audience to understand what types of services can this person get access to following this assessment? Well, there's a range of services that are available based on the care needs of the person. So if it's basic services that are offered, these can be provided through a government-subsidised Commonwealth Home Support Program, the CHSP, which I mentioned earlier. So these can include domestic services, meals, transport and the like. Um, For additional assistance, there are three types of care options available. Firstly, there's home care, secondly, respite care, and thirdly, residential aged care. Within the home care offering, there are four levels of home care packages available or that could be offered. Level one is for very basic needs. Level two is for more lower care needs. 
three, more intermediate needs, and level four, much higher care or nursing type needs. In order to provide more support, the funding the government provides um, increases at each level, enabling more services to be provided to those that need it. The individual or their representative will discuss with their provider the care needs and then identify the best way to allocate the funding for the services that they need. I've heard that there are long delays between being assessed for a package and being allocated that package. Is that true? So once a person's assessed for a home care package, they're then placed in what's called a national prioritisation queue. um, And they've got to wait until that package is available. The position in the queue is determined by date of assessment or urgency uh, and the level of care required as well. So the wait can be anywhere at the moment between 12 to 18 months to receive approval. Thanks for clarifying that, Marty. What can they do in the interim and what services are there available for them? Yeah, there are services that people can access on a fee-for-service basis. So these can be used whilst they're waiting for their package to be allocated and can also be used in addition to the funded package once they receive it to supplement services to ensure that all their needs are satisfied. Right. You mentioned respite care earlier. What is it and why would someone use it? Respite care is designed to give carers or family members a break for caring for someone in their home. And this is really important to ensure that the carer gets a a really good chance to take a break from the care and focus on themselves and give them a chance to recharge their batteries to be able to provide the valuable assistance to that person on an ongoing basis. Not only that, it also gives the individual a chance to take a break themselves and have someone else look after the burden of cooking and cleaning and so forth around the house, and also to experience what it's like in an aged care home. Great. And how soon can a person access this? Access is available immediately. So as soon as the assessment is done for respite, um, they can go into a, a residential aged care home for that respite period. They're allocated a referral code and this can be used by the aged care provider to access the relevant information on the person and determine if they can cater for their care needs. Great. So with respite, is there a length of time that you can access it? Is there a time frame and um, what is that time frame? So once they receive approval for respite, that person is then granted up to 63 days or nine weeks of care in an aged care home per financial year. So this amount um, doesn't accrue. uh, So it ends at the end of June, but it's automatically reset at 63 days again on the 1st of July. Um, So generally a two-week minimum or a four-week maximum period should allow carers and the person to have a good break and also give the individual a chance to settle into the aged care home. However, it's important to understand that respite must have been offered on that aged care assessment um, by the aged care assessment team. Right, and is respite hard to find in some homes? It can be. So some homes may have a policy to allocate only a minimum number of rooms for respite in their homes. And once they're occupied, they don't offer any further respite to other residents. Um, but at Regis, we don't have allocated rooms for, for respite only. And so we have a, a policy that any spare room could be used for either respite or permanent residents. 
So, Marty, there is a general perception in the community that aged care is expensive. Is that true for respite? So respite's a really affordable option uh, and there is only two fees that may be incurred by a resident when they enter an aged care home for respite. So the first fee is set by the government and it's called the Standard Resident Contribution or it's sometimes known as the Daily Care Fee. Some homes have what's called additional services. So they're more for your lifestyle or hotel type services, not related to care in any way. So they might be services such as hairdressing salons or day spas, maybe foxtel in rooms, um, it may even be alcohol served with meals. Uh, and they're just some of the things that people can have in these types of homes if they choose that option. What happens if a person's care needs change and a carer can no longer cope with the demands of caring for the person at the home? Well, the next step at, at that point would be to look at permanent care in an aged care home, and this is known as residential aged care. So once again, permanent care must have been granted on that assessment or a new assessment will need to be arranged. So once it's granted, the person can then access permanent care immediately or as soon as they can find a suitable location and a home that they're happy with. This is where previous respite stays would indicate suitability and satisfaction of the resident. So this option is often strongly recommended when access is available for respite for an individual. It's important that people consider their options really carefully and they're not forced to accept something that is quick and easy. Often there's going to be a push to discharge from hospital quickly without proper research or understanding. So something we discussed in our first podcast was availability. So currently there are places available in residential aged care, contrary to the myths in the community. Uh, this not may, may not be the case in the future, but it's important to look around and speak to a, a few providers and look at a few homes. So how do people know who to speak to? The best thing to do is to take advantage of the services that will provide information and assistance. The best providers are the ones that will outline all of the information necessary and custom design a care plan based on the needs of the resident. At Regis, we've got a team of experts that offer great advice on the different options available, the admissions process, and, and will provide an overview of the financial information relating to aged care. Where applicable, we'll direct families to seek qualified specialist financial advice from a list of advisors who understand the aged care industry. So Marty, does it take a while to get things sorted out before the person can move in? Now, access can be almost immediate. So there's a couple of factors that will determine the speed of someone's admission. So firstly, does the person have a current assessment? If not, there may be an opportunity for somebody to enter on an emergency respite admission and then a subsequent assessment is performed at the home if there's an immediate need. Or secondly, is there a current room or bed within a room available at the home? So we'll also discuss things like medications required with the resident and their family to ensure that information is provided. Then it's just a case of entering into an agreement with the resident and arranging the move. Okay, so what happens if a person decides later that they're not happy and want to move? Is it too late as they've entered into an agreement? Absolutely not. So if a resident would like to move homes, they are free to do so. There's always an ability to move if circumstances change. The government also has legislation in place for the timely refunding of any lump sum payments made for the cost of a room. These are referred to as refundable accommodation deposits or RADS as the acronym. 
Thank you, Marty, for all the information you've provided us here today on how to access aged care services. It's been really insightful. So if you'd like any more information on this or any other topic, you can contact Regis Aged Care on 1300 998 100 or email advice at regis.com.au. You've been listening to the Regis Spotlight podcast, the series that discusses all things aged care and all things Regis. Thanks to everyone who has listened and learned and a huge thank you to Martin Jones for joining us in today's episode. Please do share and subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you next time. In the meantime, check out the show notes and find out more information at regis.com.au. Thank you. Thank you.